We are back with another episode of the Between Two Wheels podcast. Welcome, everybody, at today's show. Santos Tour Down Under Festival is on. Did you know that was a thing? It is. Uh, Justin Williams, He he's red like bull. One of your forever greats, Valverde, announces retirement at the end of 2021. Mike Woods, he gives some hope to old men in this new era of cycling. Maybe some things that make you go, hmm, the ride of the week in USA Cycling tries to buy your love and keep in business it's sunday january 24 2021 and this is the between two wheels podcast welcome everybody tyler yonke your host taking care of things but first tom dumoulin he takes a dump on (laughs) on his career gratuitous uh yes let's take a look at and see what the deal is tom dumoulin broke news Sunday or Saturday morning, a big announcement. Tom Dumoulin puts career on hold and leaves the Jumbo Visma training camp. Dutchman will not race for the time being as he goes unpaid, goes on unpaid leave. Uh, very interesting. So he decided to basically push, push the pause button, as it says here, and, and his race and career and left Jumbo training uh, with immediate effect. There's a lot of news out there about this this week and this weekend. And his teammates chiming in. Mar- my first reaction was, oh, is he doing a Marcel Kittle? thing you know where he's going to just give it up and forever be done or is he you know taking a break and hope to come back a little stronger than ever or you know not not so good i mean look he's with sunweb um he goes and signs with jumbo visma he had a little you know crash and uh, issue with his knee and didn't do so good in 2019 2020 comes back and you know we had the covid year and with the covid year we had weirdness uh dumbelin you know had a uh leading role for the Tour de France and kind of subverted that with one stage, I want to say stage nine or 10 or seven or six, somewhere in that range, where he did a lot of work on the front and basically pulled till, you know, a few K to go for Roglic. Uh, I believe it was not necessary for him to do that. He did that because Sepkus and some other ones, he was the only one really left in the game at that point. And he, what he ended up doing was losing like 10 minutes. He ends up top 10 in the tour. It's really not that bad for all the work he ended up really doing the whole time. But he ends up taking a break. And one of the big quotes here, um, I took the decision yesterday and the team supports me in it. And it feels really good. It is really as if a backpack of a hundred kilos has slipped off my shoulders. I immediately woke up happy, Dumoulin said in a statement released by his team. Eesh, that's that's not good to hear. Uh, it feels so good that I finally took the decision to take some time for myself. That says enough. I have been feeling for quite a while that it is very difficult for me to know how to find my way as Tom Dumoulin, the cyclist. With the, sorry, I laugh about this. With the pressure that comes with it, the expectations of different parties. Uh, I took the decision yesterday. Yes, we we said that part. I just want to do very well for many people. I want the team to be happy with me. I want the sponsors to be happy. I want my wife and my family to be happy. And so I want to do very well. I want to do well for everyone. But because I have forgotten myself a bit in the past year, what do I want? Do I still want to be a writer? And how? He added. 2017 Giro winner moved into Jumbo Visma at the start of 2020. Yes, we know all those kind of things. Okay, so look, what's my my kind of feeling on this? Well, there's there's a few options you have here. Like I said, you could be taking the Marcel Kittle approach, which is just I'm done with this. And, and you know, Marcel, I mean, great rider, big time rider, and then just decides to uh, be done with it. And he's 
done and over with his career. You know, there's some speculation, what, two years ago that he was coming back. He was at the tour. Uh, maybe he was going to come back. And then he said, no, I'm fully done. I have no intention of doing this. Uh, look, it's my, my thought on this is, you know, he's an athlete. He's a celebrity. And it, I want to actually think of it because my first reaction is just like, oh, geez, you know, kind of a, a wanted to push him off and just kind of um, like I did. I chuckled at <laughs> some of these things. But I want to actually think of it because I think this is how we should do it where someone like this is it's a career. Let's say you're in the mortgage business and you've been doing this for years and it's a lot of stress on you. Maybe the market's tanking or well, you're just not you're waking up every morning, just not enjoying your job. And there's a lot of stress and you want to change that situation and you decide to make a career change. That's that's essentially what Tom you know is doing here. Uh, it's just so that it's in the news. I mean, you know, I've made some career changes in the past, uh, make some decisions over the summer to kind of change my my law practice in a different direction. Even um, there wasn't a, a news bulletin about it, so it's a little bit different. So in that respect, um, I d the difference here is what is Tom going to do? What is his education and his training? Look, uh, likely he is going to let's say he quits cycling altogether. Uh, I don't know if he would be. I mean, you know, when someone's done and over, uh, and they go into the cycle, they stay in the cycling world. You know, in, as a coach and a DS and what have you, uh, that often works good. Or maybe he goes into announcing. That's fine. But when you're so young as he is here, and you know, really kind of going out at the top of your game. Um, it makes you wonder if he could do that and be okay with announcing and such. I mean, he's got to be really, really sure that this is something he would want to do in that case. Um, so part of the thing too is they were they, Jumbo released their uh, lineups already for the Vuelta, the Giro, and the Tour. And uh, I think he was in there on the tour, and then he was going to be doing a bunch of spring classic stuff uh, with Wout Van Aert. And so for this spring, we have decided to change course. We're going to ride the cobbles, which will be fun, he told the Dutch publication. This is last week. Uh, I think the spring is always a very nice pr uh, period. Everybody is eager, including myself, to get started again. I must admit that in terms of results, it has never been my best period. This is be my this will be my tenth year as a professional cyclist, and I have actually never really shown in spring. I hope and think every year that this year it will work. I am fully going for it again. However. He had also revealed that he had come close to stopping his racing career after last year's Tour de France. So interesting stuff from Tom Dumoulin. I wish him the best. And I really actually I've enjoyed Tom uh, over the years. I've enjoyed his just the way he speaks. And I don't mean like his accent. I mean, you can compare and contrast him and his ability and willingness to just say whatever he wants. Uh, I compared to like uh, Chris Froome, who's very stilted and always feels that it's the corporate words coming out. It's really not, um, you know, it goes through that corporate filter, whereas Tom doesn't seem to have a filter. And, you know, he had actually uh, complimented Sepp Cuss earlier this year about, you know, he's not one of those uh, stupid Americans that just kind of says whatever you want. And I'm like, hey, speaking of which, you know, you're kind of the, the Belgium that just says whatever you want and which I like. So he kind of had diarrhea of the mouth and uh I'm, I'm playing into all the poop jokes here once again with Tom Dumlin. Um, goes on here, I have had a terrible time after my knee injury. And then on top of that came the intestinal complaints in the spring and then Corona. I can say that I was closer to stopping than to continue. The news of the departure for the team training camp leaves Jumbo Visma facing a number of major questions, not least what happens with their tour roster given that 24 hours ago, Dumlin was given co-leadership role, role within the squad. The team's first priority 
understandably is now based around Dumoulin's well-being as a person rather than his athletic achievements, but this will no doubt come as a shock to the rest of his teammates. Look, it, it, he is getting a um, round of, of uh, support and applause here in a sense. Marcel Kittle's coming out, other riders coming out, Wout's coming out and, you know, giving him like uh, support with the team. You know, they're kind of, the whole focus has been on them this weekend because they had just had announced uh, their, their tour rosters and then this. Uh, and so the team's speaking out and they're, they're obviously giving him something. So a few things. One, <clears throat> he didn't go out like a, a little, he did, he did it the right way. In other words, the, the racing hadn't started. Uh, he obviously felt this pressure and he bowed out or at least just taking a break one unpaid congrats to him um, he's not uh, just you know giving up here in a sense and he's allowing other riders to have these opportunities and now plan for it you know he's taking basically himself I imagine off the tour roster at this point um, or maybe they're leaving him you know the opportunity but it's uh, it's not taking places um, maybe even they're going to bring another writer in or they can, you know, pay some other staff or what have you to kind of fill in this gap. I don't know what it's happening, but I do say good for him for doing it at the start of the season rather than getting kind of in riding half-assed and, uh, you know, not really being there and just taking a paycheck. So, uh, odd. I, I know it says, you know, he's got to be there for his wife. His wife might want that paycheck. I'm just saying. So we will see what comes of this guy. Uh, good luck for him. Uh, just on another factor there that we mentioned, the tour roster teams. Uh, Sepp Cuss has been given a shot in the tour again. Uh, first chance on the on the tour team. Looks like he's planning to do the tour and the Vuelta with a possibility of a, um, a little bit of a leadership role in the Vuelta. So pretty excited about that for him. And, you know, look, he's last year. People are saying things about him, possibly, you know, you know, top 20 in the tour. And look, you're like one of the top five climbers in the world. And, you know, maybe you could be going for And he just kept pushing it off. I think he had chances to possibly win a stage in the tour. I think he had chances uh, more likely to win a stage in the Vuelta like he had done in 2019. Remember, he won a stage at the Dauphiné, the last stage there of the Dauphiné this year. And but for uh, Roglic, uh, you know, kind of them working for Roglic and then him bowing out with a, his crash uh, with a few, two stages or so to go, I think Sepkus could have actually won the Daphne. So um, he's had some leadership opportunities-ish, not really. He's having some, but he's going to be getting those um, going in the future. So good for him. Okay, let's see what else we had here. USA Cycling, they have saw, they've seen a reduced race schedule in 2021 and they are, you know, we don't even know what's going on for 20, I'm sorry, for 2020, um, 2020, we didn't know what was going on and we certainly don't know what's going on for 2021, but they are offering this race license guarantee. So I thought we would actually take a look and see what they're doing. They, they sent out an email. Um, I'm going to read actually because it's a little bit different than what we have posted up here. And it said, we are reaching out because your USA Cycling membership and associated race license recently expired. That's right. And I didn't renew. Uh, many riders who do not renew their membership on a rolling basis are rightfully looking ahead to the 2021 season, unsure about their next race will be happening, when their next race will be happening. When question marks surrounding race, many races this season and safety are top priority, members shouldn't have to worry about when and if they're uh, use their race license. We are all eager to get back riding together and your renewed membership help us effectively support the cycling community, including event organizers in the return to racing. If you don't line up at the start of any races in 2021, we will extend your USA cycling membership and race license expiration date to June 30, 2022. No questions asked. Okay. 
Uh, if you do not line up at the start for any races in 2021. So uh, I don't know if that's really much of a extension. If you think about it, you're going to pay for it this year. It's going to go hold on to the next year, but then next year you're going to have to still <laughs> buy two lights. Well, it goes until June and then they're going to hope you're going to have to renew if you want to race past June. And you know, the racing doesn't really start till first of February. So you get just a few months there. And then, eh, I don't know, people, it's, uh, it seems like a somewhat of a desperate move, but um, we're all eager to get back to riding. They want to, what the rights license guarantee, USA Cycling needs the support of its members during these challenging times to ensure we can work with race directors to return to racing. We are establishing the race license guarantee. Yeah, we talked about that. If you don't have the opportunity to use your license, 21, we have the opportunity. So what if you do one race in 20, you know, Mark, he has his license. Uh, he goes out to Florida. He does one race out there. Then this just doesn't work for him. So um, why don't I get an extension or refund for my 2020 membership? The reason we are not able to refund or extend any memberships active during 2020 is because of the large cost taken on ahead of the 2020 season as part of our commitment to... <laughs> okay, whatever. I, I can't... Uh, I know I'm going to keep barking about this, but... Um, I want you to promote cycling and until you do, I don't know what I'm going to do except for probably not join into this, but uh, let me go back or sorry, one more time on this thing here. You can see eligible memberships, juniors are free, collegiate members are 40, standard 50, racing add-on 50. I don't know. I was $130 or so for a cat one. So it was a bit, it was a bit much there. Anyway, that's USA Cycling doing that they can to at least mitigate a little bit. I, I know some people uh, had had their auto charged and, you know, I didn't really, I, I did two, two or three races in 2020. That's all. So I'm not going to do it until we get some clear, clear racing going. How about the Australian races? Uh, Sarah Gigante, is that Gigante, Gigante and Luke Plapp, they they took on the festival. They did, let's see, stage one here, Luke Durbridge. Now, look, uh, it's just pretty much Aussie racers out there doing this, and their trade teams, as an example, um, Ineos isn't there. So uh, Port is joined up with the Garmin Australia team, and there's a, kind of a you know a lot of conglomerate teams going on there. Stage one was won by Luke Durbridge. He attacked and had like two plus minutes or so. Stage two was the young Aussie, Luke Plapp. And then we had Wollonga. And who do you think won on Wollonga? Well, it was Richie Port. He tacked a little bit earlier than normal. He went from the bottom. Uh, Luke Plapp, though, ended up bridging up to him quite impressive fashion. Caught him at the top, or, you know, about K or so to go. And Richie just kept that on. And actually, the, the young Plapp kid was uh, did the nice thing. Just said, hey, Richie, take the win. Uh, what do you do there? What if that kid never really has a chance to win again? Um, I mean, they're not true teammates. They're just teammates in this thing. Uh, it was nice of him to do. And I think it was something that uh, maybe Richie had, you know, shown him some respect being his, his elder. And he decided to return it like, hey, you've been you've treated me nice. And, you know, uh, good for him. Uh, it's nice to see the young kids uh, showing their respect for their elders. Uh, take note out there. And with that said, Richie Port wins on Wollonga. Um, you know, all life is back to normal. We, we didn't have that last year. Man. He didn't win uh, overall. He didn't win that. Uh, he did. He won overall, but not Wollonga last year. And then today's stage, uh, final stage, was won by, I think, the Australian crit champion. And I saw the last K there, and it was super windy. It was crit style, like almost on a race course, like a, a car course. I mean, it just had wines, but not hard corners. And um, 
trying to remember the gentleman's name, but yeah, he won there. In the women's race, this Sir Hihante, I call it Hihante because it sounds, uh, sounds gigantic then, but Gigante or something like that. Uh, I think she rides for uh, Tibco here in the States, but she's Aussie. And she ended up winning uh, stage two. I don't remember who won stage one, but uh, she won up, um, I think it was stage two, and then she, she doubled it up with stage three up to uh, Walunga. She took off at the bottom. She cra cracked the KOM for women. She ended up busting the, uh, the, the, the by over a minute, the QOM uh, for over a minute. I did not see what Richie Port's time was, and I should look that up, but I haven't and because I wanted to see if it was anything like it's been over the last few years. He went, it didn't look like it. And, you know, when the pros come in there, they come in there red hot. And I say the pros because this is probably a little bit more amateur uh, racers out there this year and just kind of quite the same quality. So when you have all the big teams and they're all queuing up, they come flying into that thing and the bottom is just ramped up. And then he takes off with, you know, a K and a half or so to go and just tears it to pieces where this time he tacked from the bottom and oh by the way Durbridge uh, ended up fourth or so on the stage ended up winning overall so it was no big deal there and so look Durbridge wins the women uh, the men's and today Baker a teammate I think of Gijante uh, she was uh, first on the on the stage for the women and Sarah Gijante gets the win overall okay Justin Williams, we mentioned here at the open that he likes re he's red like bull, and with that he signed a big deal, I guess, with Red Bull. So I don't. It sounded like there was a little someone made a comment that they had dropped some of their other riders as well, uh, being Red Bull that is. So uh, Justin steps in, and some people, some, that's what happens, people. Uh, Justin's kind of killing it right now for sponsorship. You know, Legion get, ends up signing a bunch. They ended up doing this Continental thing. Uh, their team's going to be racing over there. I think they have a tier one and two squad. And he's getting, you know, he has a Zwift uh, sponsorship thing. He's got this energy drink now. Um, high profile Red Bull. You know, they have several riders. Let's read a little bit here. Justin Williams, one of the founders of the Legion of Los Angeles. Uh, L39ION. I don't know. Legion. Um, has just inked a personal endorsement deal with Red Bull. So not the team, but Justin. 31-year-old um, announced a partnership via his Instagram with the recognizable blue and gold labeled energy drink. Quote, something inspiring or witty to say. No, they missed, by the way, if you look on his actual, maybe we'll just scroll down to the actual thing because he, here he is, here's the whole quote. I usually have something inspiring or witty to say, but today I'm just grateful. Through all the setbacks that come on one's journey, moments like these are why you capital U, O, U, cannot give up. Hashtag welcome to the future slash blatto photo. I don't know what's going on there. For Red Bull, which has long been involved in the off-road cycling events, the deal represents a greater involvement with road cycling. Bora Hansgrohe announced in early January a financial partnership with Red Bull. However, no specifics were available at the time of this report. American cyclist Chloe Digert, who's been a high-profile Red Bull-sponsored athlete since the Rio Olympics, and Kate Courtney, 2018 World Cross Country Mountain Bike Champion have also been professional agreement with Red Bull, the most consumed and most recognizable energy drink brand in the world. Also constructed a high-performance training center in Santa Monica, California to host and develop up-and-coming and established professional riders. Chris Froome has spent recent months at the Red Bull High Performance Training Center, continuing his rehab and prep for the 2021 season. So congratulations to... Justin Williams for his Red Bull 
sponsorship. Um, you know, the dude just keeps bringing it in, and it'd be you know very interesting if. I mean, look, we're not racing, but he he's at least out there getting what he needs to. Uh, so um, someone's at least getting paid, and it is Justin Williams. Alejandro Valverde. So this ties in with our Tom Dumoulin story where, and um, by the way, I hope you can all listen to and enjoy the interview we had with uh, Jason Saltzman a few weeks ago. Uh, one thing I was just thinking about when I was reading, you know, Dumoulin's thing here earlier, and then even thinking about Alejandro Valverde is Justin saying how much he just loves riding his bike. And that is a great thing to have. I mean, we, I love the bike, but obviously Tom at some point isn't loving riding his bike. I mean, if, if you're basically being able to, to back off from it and it's a huge, uh, you know, weight off your shoulders, a backpack, so to speak, um, of weight, yes, then maybe you aren't loving and riding your bike. Uh, when I quit cycling, 99, 2000, summer, right, 2000 season, uh, I kind of felt that weight too. Uh, it was our team store sponsor got raided by the IRS. We weren't getting paid for doing for the races we had been going to and prize money was getting wrapped up. Riders had filed a complaint with the UCI and the bank guarantee. That's kind of what kind of spawned the whole bank guarantee thing that going forward. Um, because we were kind of one of the teams that that uh, destroyed that, to so to speak. And yeah, riding was there was second nature. I mean, not second nature. It was second billing. It just wasn't. Um, it, it was a man. I I was talking to my friend, a teammate, John. That that whole last season that I raced, I remember, I had just legs felt tired all the time. I'd go to a race and it felt like they weren't waking up and it, they just wouldn't respond. And I would do everything I could. I thought, well, maybe I'm. I need to ride to the races and. You know, if you have a crit and you, you do a big ride actually before the race, trying to wake it up and just do all kinds of weird things. And I just think I was way overtrained, just super fatigued and stressed out about a lot of things. And it just wasn't uh, what you really wanted to, you know, cycling wasn't fun. And then I came back later and my God, I have, you know, been doing this now, you know, for eight, nine, nine, ten 10 years almost, you know, solid here. And I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun thing. And, um, I don't ride, ride, ride enough and race enough like we haven't here to get burned out necessarily, but I am enjoying it nevertheless more and more all the time. So let's talk, take a look about Alverde, Valverde, and then I've got a little stats for him as well. Uh, says he will retire at the end of the 2021 season. 40-year-old still wants to add an Olympic medal to his long list of achievements before he hangs up the bike. So, you know, look, he's won the Worlds. He's won everything you can imagine except for a grand tour uh, did he win the volta at one point i think he has overall uh but what he has not he he's also won the hearts and minds of the people in spain and a few golden blood bags but he has not won an olympic medal so the spanish star veteran comes into the 2021 season with the tokyo olympics being the main goal for the whole year as he looks to be in a more supporting role in a new signing Miguel Angel Lopez, Superman for those of you out there, at races like the Tour de France. A team presentation as reported by Europa Press, Vaverdi said, I have thought that this is my last year, but I start with the same enthusiasm and with the intention of doing well for the team. And if victories come, then good. It will be nice. Once last special year. Valverde was originally going to retire in 2020 after riding the Olympics road race, but carried on his career due to the postponement of the games due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So due to the COVID, we get Valverde one more year. Would he have won a gold medal or even anything at the um, Olympics? 
anyway, well, tell you what, let's take a look kind of just the last three years. And I'm just going off of wins here, okay? And you can look at, I always suggest, by the way, that you go look at um, uh, pro cycling stats. And you can do a lot of searching in there. You can do, you know, Taylor made some of this stuff there, but they have a lot of stats there, as the name might help you understand. 2018, though, he had 16 wins. Now, I'm not doing podiums. I'm just doing wins here, okay? So we get a kind of a breakdown of where things have gone with him. 2018, 16 wins. Uh, that includes, I'm going to read them off bunch of them here wins and uh top you know uh, which include gc wins as well so maybe you win you know it's a five-day stage race you win it one or two stages there and you win the gc that's considered three wins right that's just how we're working on it. so he wins world championships uh points he won the points i'm gonna go over not just that but uh and this doesn't really count on the wins but other things he did that year points classification at the vuelta two stages at the vuelta gc at the la route do Yucatani, GC at Vuelta Ciclista a Catalunya, GC at the Abu Dhabi Tour, GC at Vuelta a la Comitante Valencia, Tour de France. He was 33rd on GC in 18, 12th on points, 33rd on the mountains, 5th at the Vuelta on GC. He won the points competition and was 12th in the mountains. Then we come into 2019. Remember, 18, he had 16 wins. 2019, five wins. He's getting up there. Stage uh, at the UAE Tour, the stage at the GC and, and GC at the La Route Diacatani, Spanish National Road Race Championships, the stage at the Vuelta. He was ninth in the tour in 2019, 53rd on the points competition, 17th in the mountains. Worlds, he DNF'd that year in, two, in 2019. Uh, Vuelta, he was second on GC, fifth on points, seventh on the mountains. So that was the year that. Uh, Ruglet won, and he was second uh, in GC. And it was pretty tight. 2020 comes in, zero wins. So we'll just give some highlights here. 12th in GC on the Tour de France, 72nd in the points. Eighth at Worlds, probably his best there. Best there. Uh, Vuelta, though, he was 10th on GC, 14th on the points, and 21 on the mountains. So what I was interesting for me looking at that, because I had gone over some stats earlier in the year and talked about those riders that doubled up on, you know, did worlds, tripled up actually, worlds, um, GC, I'm sorry, worlds and, and the Grand Tours. And there was only three of them that had done all three. And Roglic was one. Uh, Valverde was another one here. I think Enric Moss maybe was the other, but uh, that had actually gone in the top 15 of all three of those. And Valverde here getting a 10th in the Vuelta, 10th, 12th in the Tour de France, and 8th in the uh, Worlds, you know, top 10, 12th, basically, on all three of those. That's pretty good for a guy his age, even though he had zero wins. So, like I said, I didn't go through the podiums. I could have said what his podiums were, but um, still pretty good. Um, but this is an interesting stat here, though, of his ranking for points per season. Let's maybe take a look if we could get that one over. Nope, not gonna happen. Okay, so um, just his points on on for different seasons uh, for the cycling. You know, it comes down here, 2000, uh, 1999. 1999, his position was 1,236. I think he only did, he got six points that year. He goes up to 1,122 for 2,000. He then gets 134 points in 
ranking PCS points ranking for that season. So 03, he was fifth and then fifth and then 12th and second and second and then first and then first and third and second and first and first and fourth and eighth and first and third and 22nd. So, I mean, that guy is, you know, fifth, fifth and a 12th, but Steven take that out. He's basically top five, his whole career, 2017 steps back to eighth, bam, hits world championships and goes number one in 2018 and then third in the 19 and 22nd. So that's quite a career. Obviously it's uh, not without its controversy. Remember he had had to step away from cycling a little bit uh, due to some accusations, rightfully so I would imagine, uh, blood doping. So that will always be there, but lucky for him, he is Spanish and they don't care. So he will be just fine for his career. Um, no one thinks anything differently. I mean, you know, we can mock him here in the States and other people can around the world for his blood doping. Uh, you know, I think he's part of Operation Puerto. I can look into that a little bit more specifics, but the reality is he won't, uh, it won't affect his career in Spain and he will live like a champ and a king forevermore. Mike Woods says older riders can still compete with young riders Stars like Tade Pogacar and Mark Hershey. The Canadian will form part of an experienced trio, Israel Startup Nation, alongside Chris Froome and Dan Martin. Yeah, um, look, this is hopeful. I mean, uh, he, he's, let's read some quotes here. He believes older riders can still compete with the younger revelations like Hershey and Tade Pogacar. Mike Woods, like we said, will form that. He's part of a rising star. Da, da, da. You know, there's a bunch of young kids out there, I know. Um, Woods said, I certainly believe that there are some very strong young riders coming up. It's obvious how well they were riding last year. Certainly, it's a big question as to whether older guys like myself, Dan and Chris, can stick it to them. Woods said, Mark Hershey, an incredible rider, really talented, uh, neat me. I think it meant beat me at Flesh Wallone. I thought I had him, but he came right past me and at the very end ran riders like Pogacar, that it's incredible. But one thing that you often encounter in athletics and in cycling is this question of when a young athlete reaches a peak, everyone says, what's next? What can they do next? And maybe that is our their best um, moment. Getting to the top of the game is very difficult. And one thing that we have on our side is that we've been at the top. We have big wins, particularly guys like Dan and Chris have literally been at the highest point of the sport and they have that experience. I really think we can contend with them. What I just want to make comment here is, and I'm kind of wrapping all these things in here to connect in a way, which is start off with Tom Dumoulin, <clears throat> young guy, 10 years in racing. He's still relatively young now. Uh, feels like he's still ready to hit his peak. Uh, you know, he's won the Giro, but then kind of the, the form isn't really, you know, knee injury, like we've discussed all that. Uh, and then you have someone like what he's backing away. He's not sure about what he wants to do with cycling anymore. And then you have Valverde, who's been in the sport since way, well, I mean, since forever, right? I think he was there before uh, electronic shifting was a thing. Well, no, that's not true because Zap came in in the, like 93. Look that up, Mavic Zap. Point is, Valverde has been there forever. He obviously loves to ride his bike. We just went through his points. He is an amazing career rider. Uh, and then you have, you know, Mike Woods here talking about the older guys being able to compete. And I think you got a point here because you also saw Sagan suffer this last year, you know, goes through a divorce, pretty high profile. I don't know if he knows what's going on with his life, trying to get himself under control. Uh, Dumoulin's also trying to figure things out. And while the young people are coming up, they're still 
things that they're going to have to experience. And sometimes the older men, you know, they just have everything dialed in. At some point, you know your body, you know what your training is, you know what the problems are, your family life's dialed, you're not having stress about these kind of things. And it can work in your adva- to your advantage and in your favor. And we will see if that's going to be one of the things that um, will kind of equalize this advantage that the younger guys have. And plus, you know, being able to just know that your body can go on and on and on like for, you know, big tours is one thing. We will see if it makes a difference. I don't know. Um, It's going to be... It's it's going to be an interesting year this coming up. So I will be really hopeful um, and excited if we actually get to do any kind of racing. So (laughs) that's just where we're at. So good thing. uh, Look, um, I'm excited to see where Chris Froome is going to be. It's finally a chance that he's outside of and he's no longer with the, uh, you know, Ineos, Team Ineos, Team Sky, that situation. And I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, a little bit different ranges of competition. I like to spread this out. You know, Jumbo, uh, you see Ineos, you know, they took Danny Martinez back this year, or they took him in this year, and they've conglomerated this this mega machine that they have already. And then you're going, but they lost Chris Froome, but then you've got Jumbo kind of doing the same thing. And you know what? I would like to see some of those. I'd like to see Dumoulin come and maybe be race on a different team. I'd like to see some of these other guys. And what I really want to do is to see bike racing. And we may not have that. Coming up next year, Tour de France, U.S. television, future in doubt as NBC Sports Network set to shutter. Well, that's quite dramatic. I mean, you know, we might not have uh, them doing bike racing next year. So uh, I don't know. Do you have, according to reports, NBC is set to shutter NBC Sports Network at the end of 2021. The cable network has been the television home for U.S. Tour de France broadcast since 2020, I'm sorry, 2012. So look, they're, they're looking to shutter their business or not do it. I don't know what the costs are, but, and, you know, people are like, oh, what are we going to do for, uh, what are we going to do for, watching bike racing on tv well i'll tell you what we have flow bikes we have gcn we have i'm sorry fn flow bikes we have gcn we have fubo um and then if you have a vpn you have some other alternatives as well so i think we'll be fine there was a lot of overlap between the mbc and the flow bikes and the gcn anyway so uh, you know, I, I ended up getting GC, uh, the Tour de France was I it came on the NBC app, which honestly I did like because it had this ability to to do the, the U.S. coverage or you can do the Aussie coverage, and it was without commercials that way with the Aussie side, and the announcers were much better. Sorry, Bob Roll, but that's just the way it was. So I'm sure someone will pick up the Tour. That's really what I would be missing with the NBC if assuming bike racing happens because the cancellations galore just keep piling up. I think the Catalonia and some of these other ones are now bailing as well. So we may have the tour of UAE or something like that as the first one. Go figure. I think that was where Corona hit last year to begin with. So anyway, I think USA viewers will still be fine. Um, And because there's other options out there and the more options there are, the better. Like I said, GCN, Effing Flow and Fubo. So, and then your VPN. All right. How about mailbag? We didn't get too much on my rants and stuff last week. I'm still going on that route. But uh, someone mentioned about the intro. Is that the intro? Is that Emolia? Yes, it was. The, the I used. The, I love that James Bond-like look where it's the bike riders on that hill. That is one of the best spectacles you have in cycling. And so uh, someone was asking about that. And I said, yes, it was. Uh, it was epic. So... 
how about the writer of the week? Um, I'm giving that, I, I keep giving it to myself because I'm, I keep moving myself up. My CTL is moving up more and more and more. And with that, um, I'm trying to get my fitness back. You know, it was almost a year ago this weekend, I think that uh, my teammates and I won two races, the open at Land Park, and we no longer have Land Park going on. So it's been a year. Anyway, I'm the ride of the week. Hope you get a ride in and you know, it's going to be a little bad weather. I've got my trainer fixed. I think I'm ready to go. I know a lot of you are doing Zwift racing and everything you have with that. But those of us that like to ride outside, especially here in California, still get a ride in, although it's going to rain. And I'm not a big fan of rain. So thanks again. Episode 220 in the books. Thank you, everybody. As always, why don't you hit the subscribe button and make a comment. Maybe you didn't like the show. Maybe you did. And if you did, go ahead and uh, just say that you did like it. Five stars would be good. There's nothing better than five stars, is there? All right, take care, everybody.